Hey guys, uh, welcome to Convo Courses. This is just another podcast. We do this, try to do this once a week, and I uh, apologize for uh, skipping out last week. It's uh, been going through a lot of changes uh, with my house and everything. So now, no excuses. I got to get get back into this, and I've got a lot of people contacting me, and I'm just going to give a an update on the course and what's going on. People just been asking me lots of different questions, so I'm going to mainly focus on that. And if we have time, hopefully, I can jump into uh, what's going on with NIST, a, a change to the NIST that's happened. I would very much like to get into that. And if you have any, if you happen to be watching me live right now, that's cool. Uh, if you have any questions, feel free to ask. This is a great opportunity to ask me any kind of questions, especially if you've signed up for the course. Great, great opportunity to ask any kind of questions that you have, and I'll do my very best to answer those questions. All right, so let's just go ahead and jump right into this. All right, so uh, somebody. Uh, Mr. Bob contacted me and he just says hey man I just wanted to drop in a quick line and thank you for the videos I had a paper due for a master's degree on the topic of risk management framework for NIST and your videos were the only ones I could find that gave really good insight and helpful examples thank you sir Uh, you do great work man thanks a lot that really that really means a lot because um, that's exactly why I do this so always appreciate uh, words of encouragement like that appreciate you Bob and um, more lots more to come lots I got so many things I'm gonna do in 2021 it's just now I'm doing deeper projects and they're just each one's gonna take a lot a lot longer but I do have a lot of stuff coming so uh, Musa asked me or said to me good evening do you have a complete course of the entire risk management framework materials I went through your site but can't find it I'm interested in risk management framework training yes I do have downloadables so let me just this is a great opportunity for me to just explain to you what's going on with the site and what what's like what's the layout of what what I teach and what's going on so what you're seeing right now is the site and um, I have risk management framework courses now. What Musa probably saw was the free stuff, uh, but if you let me just give you an example here. So he said he was interested in risk management framework, right? So if you just go into risk management framework into the main page of this, and uh, you're looking through it, and you'll see that uh, I've got audio, video, and down- downloadables. Uh, the audio book, I'm, I'm going to expand that. A lot. Somebody just asked another question that I'm gonna that somebody asked me about. But if you go through here, you you can kind of view the content without paying anything to just kind of give you an idea of what what kinds of things you're gonna see on the course or you should expect to to have on the course. And and another thing is the reason why these are cheaper priced, and I say cheaper because you know anywhere else these are costing thousands of dollars and uh, and stuff. But the reason why it's, it's I have it at cheaper prices because right now I'm still adding to it. Every now and then I'll add more stuff. I'll add more videos. I'll add more content to it. But if you look in here, you'll see videos. You'll see downloadables. You'll see examples, sample forms that you can check out. So it's not just videos. It's uh, me trying to give as much context as possible as you're going through this stuff. And it is a lot. It's a lot of material. 
And so there's, look at this, sample, system security plan sample. I, I literally got one and got it, something that I thought was a really good sample of things that I've seen before in my career. And then I uploaded that, you know. So that's the kind of stuff that you'll see. And I hope that answers your questions. And, and another thing that I do is I'll look at your resume. If you've signed up for it, I'll actually go through your resume, help you out with that, help you out with keywords. I also, what I do for my students is also, if they have any kind of questions, like, actual uh in the field questions about their about projects and stuff i'll actually try to help them to go through risk management framework and things oh my head's in the way right, let me uh move my head out of the way so yeah this is what i was talking about right here so right here you have security plan and this is a downloadable so yeah that's what i'm talking about that's the kind of stuff so i hope that answers your question and I, let me see. I had some other things that people are asking me here. We go through those. Um. Yeah, I, I've <laughs> I got a pile up of so many people responding to me. I really appreciate it. Uh, I really didn't expect this much. Um, this this much uh, response. I guess it's because there's just not a lot of material out there for risk management framework would be my guess. I mean, there's some out there, but it's not, you would think it'd be a lot more. Let me see. Ed is saying, hi, Bruce. Hope all is well with you. I just wanted to ask about risk management framework foundations. Uh, would, uh, would the material be downloadable to listen to in the gym? Uh, you have a great teaching style. Um, yes, Ed, some of this stuff, um, let me see, I'm pretty sure I have a downloadable uh, audio version of it. But if I don't, I can definitely provide that. That's something that I can totally do. I believe the downloadable, let me just make sure I'm not lying to you here. Yeah, here it is. Yep, there's a complete downloadable right here. Um, let me switch so you can see what I'm talking about. So when you actually go through the course, there isn't because I was aware that people like some people like myself like to just listen to it, you know, like as you're driving or something like that. So that was my intention to try to give uh, give a little bit more. But yeah, here it is right here. If you go there to the risk management framework downloadables, I mean the whole course. One of the last lessons you'll see is the actual foundations audible audio ver version of it and it it summarizes it's just a basically a summation is all of the courses all this all the videos put together and put into an audio version so it's it's a lot of stuff it's just non-stop risk management framework it's a lot of abuse if you're really trying <laughs> trying to get through this course is it's because you as you know if you've gone through this it's pretty dry material and i'm trying to do something about that with some other instructors just so you know me and some other i've gotten with some other very talented instructors and our hope is uh to bring like to give it a different spin to to make it more interactive and stuff and uh, i don't know if that one will have an audio version my in this one this one this course by the way go back over here this course by the way uh is one of the only ones that has an audio version. It lends itself to an audio version. Uh, the other one, I have another version that's mostly documentation. But since this is more like a hands-on, like downloadable, 
documents it doesn't have an audio version but if you guys want an audio version I can definitely provide that this one focuses on security controls and documentation where I walk you through some of the families of the security controls and um, right now it's priced pretty low because I've only got one two three four families and once I get to five or six families I'm this is probably going to increase because this is already a lot of a lot of content but uh, just to give you an example of uh, me building this up this is uh, CM control which is configuration management and it's just all these individual videos it's breaking down an interpretation essentially an, interp an interpretation of of the CM controls because when I was teaching on the road a lot of people would want me to explain each one of the controls and so this one's gonna be a way for me to explain like and interpret the the, each family of controls and all the most important ones I don't cover each because there's really about a hundred there's like 300 control if you broke it all down there's over 300 controls like total right but I thought what I'm doing is is focusing on the ones that you really need to know as an information system security officer or as a as a manager doing security controls for the risk management framework or even as a system administrator like just stuff that you need to know for your career and and then kind of briefly talk about some of the other ones and then as if people were to ask me hey Bruce I want more information on this or that control I you know I, I could probably cover that you know if it was, there was enough need for it but for me like I just wanted to really focus on the ones that I've seen over and over and over again and I was thinking to myself you know what will be cool if I wish somebody would have told me about this particular security control because it's come up to me in, in several different organizations. And so it's really important. For example, CM, uh, CM4, which is Security Impact Analysis, that one comes up all the time. And that's, de that's dealing with like how do you interpret uh, the impact of a security control that has not been mitigated, you know, hasn't been fixed. Or needs to be remediated. How how do you like? What does it mean? What do you, what do you do? And then has a downloadable form that you can use. Just to give you an idea, this is something that I found much later in my career. So I wanted to make sure that I was very clear with my with with my students. Like this is something you really need to know. You know, because it really defines who you are as an information system security officer. But that's the kind of stuff I talk about in that particular course. Let me see. I had some other comments, questions, complaints here. Keith says, hey, Bruce, almost finished the ISO Foundations course and wanted to let you know that I really enjoyed the course. I am new to the ISO role, but I have worked in uh, IT disaster recovery and IT operations field for 20 years now. I need to see... I needed to see practical steps to gain some confidence. I work in the federal agency, in a federal agency, and surprisingly, there hasn't been a lot of training and courses to help me out. I imagine the FIPS uh, reviews and control assessment skills will uh, come as I do as I do more of them. Yes, just wanted to thank you, say thanks, and uh, have a have a and I have a great interest in the risk management framework process. I have a bachelor's degree in in cybersecurity management and but no uh, no one will hire me. I want to write CAP certification 
I want to write the CAP certification to boost my chances uh, uh, to gain employment. And uh, which which of your courses would you would uh, should I purchase? And this is coming from Elizabeth. Um, oh, that's two different comments. So sorry. So somebody's uh, saying thanks for the course. And uh, okay, so for this first one, man, thanks a lot, Keith. I really appreciate you um, going through the course. And if you have any questions or any kind of anything you want me to cover, uh, just let me know. I'm, I'm always I'm I'm here. I'm available. So. I'm I'm really uh, excited when people get into a new into this field that I've learned to love over time, and um, I'm wanting to make it easier for everyone because it, this shouldn't be a stressful, stressful job. It shouldn't be as stressful as it 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 can be for for new new people, you know. So uh, that's that's one thing I wanted to reiterate, you know. Like I want to make it make sure you know that there's a process here. You you're not. One of the one of the things that we do as uh, cybersecurity people, especially ISOs, is we try to take on the burden of the whole security space. Like we try to take on all the security vulnerabilities and all the problems, and and that's really not the purpose of this. This is a process that all it, basically it forces the organization to take responsibility. Um, in a in kind of a more decentralized manner, the person who has sole responsibility at the end of the day is really the the uh, the the person at the top, the CEO, the the head of agency, the the uh, it might it could be a colonel, it could be a, the the brass at the top. This is an authoritative um, uh, authorizing official is the person who takes the who takes the final risk. But really, it's a it's a decentralized method because all of us. Our stakeholders and all of us are doing our part to make sure the security of, a, of an organization is is being is being done. So, you, you're what I'm trying to say is you're don't try to be super superhuman. Like don't try to be Superman. Don't try to be Superwoman. It's a it's a team effort, right? And that's what that's the mentality you always have to have when you're doing risk management framework. And in a way, you have to kind of be a leader because. Because everybody's doing their own things. Like your your firewall guy's doing his own thing. Your your vulnerability manager, she's doing her own thing. Your your managers running around like a chicken with their head cut off, doing their own thing. Like you have to be kind of a leader and bring all everyone together in those meetings and say and bring up good bring up points about the security of the organization. You know, bring up if you know that vulnerability management's not quite up to snuff like this might be something you want to bring up you know but not not in a way that's attacking this other team but but saying hey this is kind of where we need to step it up you know and if you guys need help then then you know try to help where you can you know without overstepping your your bounds of course all right i've got a few people commenting i appreciate you guys but i've got a let me see if i can read through a couple of these other folks that have contacted me so I'm not missing anybody. Thanks, Chris. Thanks for that comment there. I'll, I'll get to you in a second. Okay, so I have a couple more, one more comment. They said, Liz says, I have a great interest in risk management framework. I have a bachelor's degree in cybersecurity management, uh, but no, but no one will hire me. I want to hire. I want to write the CAP certification. I think she she means she wants to take the CAP certification to boost my chances of gaining employment in the field. 
which of your courses should I purchase? So Liz, I would need more information from you um, on this one. You're saying, so your question is, you, you, uh, the issue you're having is you can't get hired in the field. You have a bachelor's degree in cybersecurity management. You're trying to get in a risk management framework. I would need to see what you could do is if you send me your resume, if, um, you have my my email, send me your resume. Let me take a look at it. And then from there, what I'll do is I'll recommend either a course. And, the, and to be honest with you, if you don't have enough uh, experience and there's no way that, that I feel like it's a harder road for you to get in this field, I, will, I won't recommend uh, the risk management framework course. I'll recommend something else. Or maybe I can help you and you don't even have to take the – you won't even have to take the course. So that's what we'll do. Um, let me see here. Let me see what we got here. Chris and uh, Florence Taylor, and I got about 12 people watching, says, um, a properly interpret, properly interpret the controls and enhancements. Everything else is a near impossible feat. Thanks. Uh, hi Bruce, I hope all is well. I subscribe to your instruction and appreciate your efforts. The most overwhelming aspect of risk management framework seems to be the interpretation of baseline controls and enhancements. <laughs> uh, so yeah, um, that's the biggest question I get, and that's why I made that other course. Um, so let me let me show you what course I'm talking about. Um, so I made uh, this course right here exactly for that reason, Chris, where it's talking about interpretation of the controls. And, and you and I have talked offline, and um, what I can do is maybe what we can do is I'll, if we talk one-on-one, -on -one, I might be able to help you out with something. But this course right here kind of interprets, breaks down, and takes its time to interpret each control. And explain like what's going on in a very simple, a simple way. Something that I wish somebody would have done for me. Um, but as as if you've been looking out there, there's not a lot of people doing this. Um, and it's not straightforward. Some of the language it, it takes a while to get some, used to some of the the uh, the language that uh, the feds use. The feds and um, the risk management framework NIST 800 documents use. They use this very broad generic language like very broad and it tries to in include every aspect so after a while you start to have a language in your head like when you start reading them over and over again and you have different scenarios and different experiences that help you to interpret them better it, it becomes very clear what they mean and and then the interpretation is such that you might interpret it one way, but somebody on your team might interpret it another way. Uh, so so that's why I felt like it was a good idea to just go ahead and do this do this course where it's it's breaking down the actual families. So and I don't think I'm gonna put every family there because I don't think every fam some of them are very technical and so I'll probably do a whole another course for the very technical ones and I'll probably have to get with some another instructor to help me to go through the super technical breakdown of how you secure a system you know how to secure a Linux system for example I've got somebody who might be able to help me with that and then how to secure um, 
a uh, Windows system or server or something like that. That'll be a whole another course. But right now we're talking about an ISO, Information System Security Officer, who a lot of times doesn't have hands on on a system. And so they're just having it. People are going to you like you're the lawyer and you're lo- reading through law books, right? That's what it doesn't it feel like that? It feels to me in risk management framework that I'm like a lawyer and I'm arguing on behalf of this system and it inc- it requires me it requires me to actually know the laws and interpret the laws on behalf of this system. That's what it feels like sometimes. And so uh yeah, so I felt like it's really important to give all this stuff some uh, context by breaking down the federal laws, the starting off with the federal laws, and then going deep, and then diving deeper and deeper into each one of the families of con- the controls. And that's what this one does. It's seventy-two dollars right now. Um, if you need a discount on this, I can do it for you. Be warned, this is going to go up for sure. This is going to go up uh, when I, once I put more. Families of controls here, it's gonna go up because it's it's just gonna be hours and hours of content uh, for me to do. So, so yeah. Um, one main TV says, "How's your day, sir?" I, I it was a pretty calm day. We we're just uh, setting, moving stuff around in our house and everything, and that's finally winding down. We got a whole bunch of more work we have to. We're gonna have some contractors do. So, yeah, it was a it was a good day. Chris says, my other message got chopped, but I struggle with the control interpretation. Thanks. Yes. Yep. And so control interpretation is something that when I was I was teaching for this other organization and I would fly out to like Germany and like Hawaii and all these different places. And and I would teach just the stuff I'm teaching you guys. This this same stuff I would go through it, but it was for another system called Diacap that it's probably showing my age if you've been doing this for a while, but Diacap's pretty old. And um, the thing that most of the questions that I got were about interpretation of the security controls because that's the hardest part. Do you include privacy controls? Thanks for that question, Tony. So, yes, I'm going to be talking about privacy uh, in this as well. Privacy is touched on in the risk management framework controls. and It's, it's a huge part of this whole thing as a matter of fact what I started what I would like to do what I started doing actually as a kind of a side project is going deeper in the in the privacy uh, it's, it's a huge concern of mine that uh, the US and, and some other governments around the world are not especially the US in particular doesn't really take privacy seriously and it's just unfortunate so I've been um, actually developing a whole nother uh, free set of stuff that I'm you know in the background so it's going to kind of taking a it's kind of taking a backseat to the other risk management framework ISC2 cap stuff that I'm doing but uh yes but to answer your question this course will cover privacy and the thing the thing about this is like when you're saying going through AC family of the controls it doesn't exclude privacy privacy is very much a part of each one of the families of the, of controls so uh, and when you read through NIST 800 and 853, 837, they've integrated privacy right up top. Like the privacy uh, control, privacy is right up there with security. Like it's, they're both there. And like every line, every paragraph is going to mention uh, something about privacy. So I think that's one of the good things that they did 
to be more inclusive of privacy and put it up front for the for a revision two of the risk management framework 837 and they also do the same thing for the recent um nist 853 a version revision five by the way so that's a really good a really good addition to the nist and i just want to show you something real quick one of the big changes that have just came down like maybe a month ago that I have uh, talked about years ago and uh it was coming 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 and now it's here and exactly it covers a lot of what you just talked about and it's dealing with let me just show you here what uh what i have on my screen here is the actual new version of the nist let me just remove my face here yeah so here it is right here this is 853 revision five and as you can see it uh covers security and privacy controls for the information systems for information systems and organizations right up front and um this revision five recently came out as of september the the previous version revision four it had some privacy stuff in it but it was kind of tucked in a, a completely different um appendix but now they try to put it on like every other <laughs> it's like on every other uh part of the of the document so let me just kind of give you a brief look into this and this is the kind of stuff that i break down in my course just to make it to put it in plain english to give you a practical understanding you know uh so that it makes more sense there's nothing that I talk about that's not in this this document, um, except to add context from my own personal experience of working with um, different agencies and different departments within and outside of the government, by the way. So, yeah, privacy is all over this thing. Yeah, and that's uh, that's what I'm talking about here. But I do it in a way that is talking more about uh, an experience like this department, you know, without going into, you know, different sensitive information or anything like that, of course. But what I'll do is I'll just explain, hey, I've worked at a department in an agency and here's what they did with AC1 policy, access control policies. Here's what it looks like. Here's how you would write it. Here's what you'll see if you're an information system security officer. Here's some gotchas for access controls. Here's the kind of work you're going to do. You know, here's here's the kind of stuff that you want to do when you're talking to stakeholders. Things like that is what I talk about. Like it's a more practical breakdown of of these things. And what I'm going to do, um, what we're going to come to eventually is like a, a more serious breakdown of privacy where we're talking about privacy impact assessments. I would really like to talk about that. I'm going to talk about um, um, how to do them, things to look out for, what organizations do. Those are those are things that I have done within organizations. So that's what we're going to be talking about from the context of for this one, for this, uh, for this. Let me show you what I'm talking about. For this one right here, what we're going to be talking about is how you do the documentation piece of privacy. 
Um, so just go to combocourses.com. Link should be in the description below. Link will be in the des description below. And um, now keep in mind, uh, I'm going to be adding to this. You won't have to pay any more as I add to this. As this, as the content doubles and triples, you'll pay one price, and then that's it. You know, and then. But the thing is, the longer you wait, you know, if you wait two, three months, what'll happen is it's going. The price will increase very soon because I've I just added like another hours worth of content. It's I'm going to be adding more hours worth of content, you know, and it's downloadables, it's examples, it's stuff like that. So, Grace Grace says, um, "Can I get the discount for the course I am currently going through the Risk Management Framework course?" But I think. This one will help cement knowledge. Can I get a count discount on this? This is already seventy-two dollars. What do you <laughs> just email me? Send me a send me an email and I'll see what I can do, Grace. But uh, yeah, this is a steal. This is this should be illegal. This price right here that you're seeing here, it should be illegal. Look at this. This is this is ridiculous. I should be arrested for this price. Just so you know, but. What are you going to do? I'm just a simple man making his way through the universe. Um, are there any other questions on this or anything else that I can uh, help you guys out with? Let me just one more time go through my emails so I don't forget anybody who's contacted me over the last couple weeks that I've been out. Uh, let me see got wow there's a lot of questions here Whew. holy moly okay i got another one tossin says hello sir first i want to thank you for these videos thank you sir appreciate you uh they've been very helpful my name is tosin i'm reading out because i'm reaching out because i need help and i don't want to you to i want i don't know if you can be my tutor or guide or mentor honestly i need help and i believe that you can you can help out brief story took a risk management framework class applied it to jobs favorite favorite kicked in okay please can you help me out and he gives me a phone number okay i get a i get a lot of things like this people want me to mentor them um that's kind of a different kind of a different thing you know i have a i am a I'm a full-time worker, so um, that's different. I'll definitely have to contact him on a and uh, see what I can do about that. <laughs> Chris says, "Hey Bruce, uh, can you can you please offer an explanation on how ISO and the CAP roles differ?" That's a that is actually a great question, um, Chris. Great question. I can definitely talk about this. And I would like to show you an example of this. And this is this right here is exactly what I've been working on with these other two very talented teachers, instructors, and um, they they gave a, a great idea. So that's coming. It's going to take us a while to do it. It's it's way more intensive than the stuff I've been doing, and it's going to be more interactive. But what I want to do is show you. Just logging into ISC2CAP training. Let me see. Where's where is it, man? This is why people keep coming to me because there's not a lot of resources on this. 
crazy. IC2 cap. There it is. Okay. Let me show you what it is. Okay. So where we're at right here is on the ISC2's site. Now, these are the same guys who do CISSP and, and whatnot. So there's CISSP. And I've got these two certifications. I've got this one right here, and I've got the CAP. So I can, I'm very qualified to answer this question right here. Now, if you go to the CAP course, the CAP focuses entirely on the NIST risk management framework. And if you look at the actual breakdown of the domains, which are not on the site, you gotta, they want your email to, get, to see that. But I do have a copy of this thing. Um, hold on, let me see if I can grab that copy. See if I can grab that and, uh, and show you guys exactly what I'm talking about here. If I can find it on my hard drive. I want to show you the domains that they break down and to show you like what what it is uh, you're looking at when you're talking about getting the cap. So just give me a second here. ISC2 cap domains. I could probably just log into my course. My course has all the breakdown of all this stuff. <laughs> but uh, okay, okay. Here's 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 a good uh, just something I got off the internet here. Um, let me see here. Okay, so if you could see this, um, this has all the domains that you're going to go through. That's the ISSP. Never mind. Looks like you know what? This is so ridiculous that there's not more information on this. There's no wonder so many people come to me. Dang, this is crazy. Okay, yep. I'll have to, I'm going to have to log into my own stuff. Wow. Shocking. Very shocking. <laughs> I got to log into my own stuff to show you guys. It's not cause You can get it off the site, but you got you to gotta give them your email. So I already have all this stuff. Um, let's see here. Cap. What I'm trying to show you is the is the actual domains. Very important if you're going to take the test. Very very important. Here it is right here. I'll just I guess I'll just show you this. This is something that I that I wrote um, and here it is. So there's seven domains on the cap in as of 2020. Uh, December 2020 this does change from time to time just so you know so the first one is an information security risk management program and it's 15 percent of the of the test right so this sets up the foundation of what you're gonna know what you're gonna need to know like it it talks about um, just in a nutshell basic security what I mean by basic security is it covers CIA or confidentiality, uh, integrity, and availability, and how you protect those and how those things 
if they were compromised would impact the organization. That right there, what I just said, sums up what security is in a nutshell from our perspective as information system security officers. Once you understand that foundation, it'll guide you through most of what you need to know. But there are, um, that said, there are a lot of like terminology and different phrasing that they use that you will use in your information system security officer work, but they, they don't use the same words that are on the test. So that's where, um, where you have to study. Because the, some of the words and the, the terminology they use, you won't hear it at Department of Defense. You won't hear it in DIA, FBI, or wherever you work, right? You just won't hear those the terminology they use on the test. And if you've ever taken an IT test, you'll see that. The, the, the real-life scenarios that you're going to have to go through are very different than, than what you're going to see on the test. So, yeah, Um Hey Cheryl, how you doing? <laughs> hey, how you? Uh, whoa, I got eighteen people watching me. That's crazy. So, okay, let's look through these other things here. Now, the rest of these are the actual steps of the risk management framework. So, you got categorization, you got selection of security controls, you got implementation, assessment, authorization, and finally continuous monitoring. Each one of these things ties into different aspects of the NIST 800 series. You got FIPS stuff that you're going to have to read. Lots of FIPS stuff. They're like four pages long, by the way. It's worth your time. Um, and then you've got NIST 837, NIST, um, NIST 853. Uh, you got uh, NIST 30, NIST 830, um, NIST 137. And then there's other things, right? Right. But all those things will guide you through the risk management framework process that you're seeing here. So your question was, what's the difference between the CAP, ISC CAP that you're looking at here on the screen, and the ISO work? It's really the same thing. It's the same thing. Risk information system security officer work is what you do. The CAP course um, has a very academic approach to uh, what you do. So it's really hitting what you do as an information system security officer or an information system security manager or just an information security person in general. It's hitting it from two different angles. Like what you want to do is separate what you're doing from the, what's on the test because they're kind of, they're kind of, if you take an IT test, you know what I'm talking about. Like what they say on the test is not a one for one what you're going to do in the actual field. Does that, I hope that makes sense. I know it sounds confusing, but to answer your question, it's the same thing, but one's academic and one's what you do. And I would say it's way more important to have information system security officer experience and be in the field than it is to take this test. A lot of people want to get in this field because it, it pays really good. It's there's so many jobs and we need you. Actually, we really, really need you guys. So all these people who are contacting me, all these people are saying, man, I want to get in this field and I want to make that money and I want some job security. Let me just tell you something. We need you. There's not enough people doing this work for this for this job. I know and we have COVID-19 right now. So it, the job market is looking pretty thin. 
and, and they're they're hiring people. They're doing some remote work, and I, I'm still actually getting people contacting me to do work. By the way, during COVID nineteen, during a global ap- ep- epidemic where Americans are not taking this seriously at all, I'm still getting calls for jobs to do this work. We really, really need people to do this work. So, and it pays really good. It um, regardless really of state, but it pays really good. Now, even if you start off at a at a quote unquote low amount, you can very quickly level up. And if your organization's not gonna pay you more, you can just go to another place and they will pay you more. Just so you know. Alright, so um and then as you get certifications and degrees and stuff like that, yeah, you're gonna level up. Alright, uh person centered cyber. Hey, how you doing? This is gonna be one of my instructors right here. This is gonna be great. I'm I'm so excited to do this work. I'm telling you. And I, um, yeah, wait till you guys see this course. It's going to be incredible. But yeah, she's going to be, she's, she's my main, my main person right there. So her and, um, and another dude. Uh, but yeah, I don't want to give too much away on that. So I'm going to stop talking about it. Um, uh, Sion says, um, I hope I'm pronouncing your name right. It says, what document, uh, would be used by an assessor to a, to attain the impl- the implementation of all required security controls for a technical control. Um, what document would be used? There's a document called there's a document called uh, NIST 853, and the best thing I can do is just show you what I'm talking about. Yeah, let me just show you what I'm talking about. NIST, you can follow along with me if you want. NIST 853A. So it's it's called NIST 853A. Let me okay. Let me show you what I'm talking about here. I have to switch screens because I don't want I don't want to accidentally expose and embarrass and humiliate myself with something I'm not supposed to have on my computer. <laughs> Nothing illegal, by the way. Just something very embarrassing. All right, here we go. So 853A, all right? So this is one of the documents that you would want to use as an assessor. And uh, why is that? Let me let me show you why. And there's a couple of other controls, Let me, if I can remember them. Assessing security controls and privacy controls. See how they always put privacy in there? Very important. Assessing security con- security and privacy controls in federal information systems and organizations. Building effective assessment plans. Boom. So if you go to this document, I can kind of just give you a brief synopsis. I'll just show you like one document or something. And you'll, you'll see, you'll very quickly see how, uh, what I'm talking about here. And this is not the only document that you can use as an assessor. You said specifically technical. Oh, I can show you some technical stuff, by the way. But uh, this document right here is the premier document you want to use for NIST assessments. And this one I want to do a complete. There's so much to this, and this is what I currently do, by the way, assessor assessing uh, uh, different systems for different organizations. Um but yeah, there's so much here that I want to do a complete course on this. And I, I've been getting this question over and over, almost daily. I get this, weekly at least, I get this question. 
Um, let me show you exactly what I'm talking about to give you a specific example of what how this works. Let's go to, hmm, let me see, what kind of control can we use here? Uh, yeah, and I've got a couple of, I think, assessors that are here in this chat saying uh, Bishop says uh, that uh, NIST 853A, the company compliance, the company policy will also be important. Absolutely, absolutely. Yep, that is absolutely true. Uh, I just want to give you one solid example before I go into one of those other documents that you want to use as an assessor. You said technical. Hmm. What would be a tech? A, a technical one would probably be probably be uh, uh, RA controls. That's a RA controls deals with uh, doing um, scans. Scans can get pretty technical. So I'm going to go to RA. Oh, IA. That's another good. IR, IA. RA2, though, is a pretty good one. Here it is right here. Let me show you. Move my face here. All right. So I'm looking at a control called RA2, and this deals with uh, security categorization. That's not very technical. Hold on a second. Security category. No, let's let's go to risk assessment. Nah, that's not that technical. Let me see. I mean, it kinda. I'm looking for the actual one where you scan stuff. Okay, here we go. RA five. This is it right here. Vulnerability scanning. Okay, so this is telling you what you as an assessor is gonna look for right it's the assessment objective is to determine if the organization let's say you're working with the uh, uh, EPA or something right you're doing a scan on EPA's organizations so determine if the EPA and then it it goes through what you're supposed to look for as, as an assessor defines the frequency of the of conducting a vulnerability what does that mean very simple the organization themselves has to determine when the scans happen. So you're you're not coming in saying, hey, you guys are supposed to do it three times a week or one time a month. You have to look at their company policy, just like Bishop said. You look at their company policy and it should tell you, hey, the, the EPA, we scan every day. Every 24 hours, we scan these networks, and every week, we scan these networks, and once a year, we scan these networks. Their policy will tell you that. You as an assessor will look at their policy, and then you'll say, okay, are they doing what their policy says that they're doing, they're supposed to be doing, right? The beautiful thing about this, being an assessor, is that your job is easy. All you're doing is saying, okay, they're saying they're doing this. Are they doing it? That's it. That's your job. Now, there's a lot of different things that um, go into it. The nuances are like, um, how are they doing it? Um, the communication is super important. You want you, you don't want to come in there like you're arrogant. You don't want to be arrogant, right? You, you want to be... If anything, you, you want them to do well, right? But you don't want to sugarcoat the truth. You want to be able to present the facts to them with data. 
you want to have uh, data backed results. Like you, you, if you say that they're not scanning what their when their policy says that they're supposed to be doing it weekly, and they're not doing it weekly, you need to come in there and just tell them the truth. It's not being done. Your policy says it's weekly. You guys aren't aren't are not doing it. But you don't want to be arrogant about it. So communication really is where the nuances and the hard part comes in. But but I hope that answers your question. That's one. That's two documents. One is their their actual policy that's telling you what they're supposed to be doing, and the other one is this document is a great. It's a work of art. Like it tells you everything you're supposed to see, what you're supposed to see as an assessor. Look, it even goes. Look, check this out. This document even tells you how to do it let me let me just show you here it tells you everything potential assessment methods it tells you the methods you could use to do this work for this for every single control so this one in particular says you you want to examine how do you do that you're going to look at the risk assessment policy procedures what are they saying that they're doing right uh, what what are they documenting? If they're just saying it and there's no documentation, you have no proof that they're doing anything. I mean, that they've said anything. You have their word on the spot. You it has to be documented, and that comes in a policy or procedure. Uh, risk assessment, security plan. So you're taking these things, their security assessment reports. You know that's the evidence that they're doing it. So that's how you examine interviews. Is like you ask talking to actual people in the organization, and then testing is actually running the scan yourself. So this document tells you what you're supposed to see, your expected results, what methods you're supposed to use to do the scanning or do the interviews or do the whatever, however you're going to do it. it. Tells you everything. So I hope that answers your question. I kind of got long-winded there. Wow, I got 27 pieces of most people I've ever had just watch me. This is crazy. Okay, let me see. Um, so where does the stigs come in? Good question. So the stigs, the way you could use stigs, and if for those of you who don't know, okay, let me just let's just let me just stop telling you here and let me just show you. A stig is a security technical implementation guide. And basically what it does, Stig Viewer is a pretty good site, by the way. These guides tell you exactly what you're what uh what you're supposed to see when a security control, a technical security control is implemented. So if I go see how it has NIST 53 right here? NIST 53. It has every single control. And everything you're supposed to see. Let's just go to the one we just saw here. Let's look at RA5 like we did before here. There it is right there. I'm just going to click on RA5. Let me just move my head out of the way here. So we just take a quick look at that. There's RA5. And there's a there's a doc, there's a, like a, a scanning tool you can download. There's documents you can download. But I just wanted to just go to Stig Viewer real quick to kind of show you what I'm talking about. So here's Stig Viewer, and um, it's telling basically everything we just looked at is right is is here. Everything we looked at in 53 is is here. There's a more technical item that I want to show you. If I could find it, I I want to say I have it on my computer, but uh, I would have to go and look for that. But it's this is everything we just looked at in uh, 53. 
but let me see if I can show you some more a better breakdown of this document. Let me see here. Unclassified stig, um, implementation guide, Windows. Okay, let's look at a scanner for Windows. So it, it's just a super in detailed breakdown of what you're going to see for each aspect, each technical aspect. It depends on what you're talking about. Let's say we were talking about, mm, let me see, I'm trying to find something easy, like Windows 10 or something like that. Windows 10. Let's find a Windows 10 system. Windows 10. Something not too too difficult for myself. Uh, Windows, Microsoft Windows 10. Word 10. See how it says every application. It's just so in depth. Okay, this is taking too long. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna choose something. Microsoft Publisher. Your question was where do the stigs come in when you're talking about assessments? So an assessor could use the stigs like you're seeing here to validate whether or not security has been implemented on say Microsoft Publisher 2016. This security technical implement implementation guide uh, is very, very detailed. And let me just give you an example of what I'm talking about here. So if we look at this first VID here, vulnerability ID, we can see that what we're supposed to see is a add-in to Office applications and they must be signed by a trusted publisher. If we don't see that, then that's a problem. And as you can see, it just goes through this whole list of, of items here. And there's no, this doesn't have any category one. So category one is like a high level vulnerability if I'm, if I'm remembering correctly. Category, medium is, is a medium level vulnerability. And category ones are things that are, this would be like if, uh, if the username and password was exposed. Like if you if there was a vulnerability that if you didn't enable something on this particular application, it would this would be <laughs> something that somebody could just log right in and then they they can own the box. You know, it, it turns out that these are most these are all mediums. So I'm just gonna give you something. Let me let's find something that's very easy to understand here because these get way in the weeds. So we're supposed to see a warning bar setting for VBA macros must be configured right so typically you could as an assessor literally use this document you can use the stigs and say okay take me to this um to windows 32 system 32 let me see if this script is running right but typically what an assessor is going to do is just run a script and then the script is going to tell you them if they're compliant with v uh seven what is this seven thousand seventy thousand seven sixty three <laughs> because you can have thousands of these things so it doesn't make any sense to go through it manually so you you typically where the stigs come in the stigs is just a complete breakdown of everything you're supposed to see but you typically have a scanner to do this and this is be something that I would make a whole course about like because I know how to actually use download the scanner run the scanner how to interpret the actual scan results and all that kind of stuff is what I know how to do so that 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 would take 
you know that's hours of me teaching so i hope that answers your question i know that's pretty involved but that's that's what you could use the stigs for if you are an assessor but typically stigs are used for the people who are implementing the security controls on a given system and you got red hat look at this look at the, the list here you got red hat uh you got samsung android devices you got solaris it's very exhaustive it's just got tons and tons of stuff here that that kind of walk you through each iteration of of all these different uh software from different vendors bishop says stigs stig is a configuration standard mostly for dod yes that's true but uh another thing is that many other organizations actually use these i was in aerospace and and to my surprise they were using stigs um, a lot so yeah stigs are they're so comprehensive that people all over are now using them the stigs contain technical guide guidance uh, on how the network um, has has been hardened yes absolutely it has network stuff you've got it for enclaves you got it for individual servers you've got it for um, all kinds of different devices and in aspects of a network inside and outside by the way so yeah that's a stig and um i've kind of gone over a little bit guys so i'm gonna i'm gonna close this one out thank you guys for watching so much there's gonna be a lot of different stuff that i'm gonna that's coming in the future um on for those of you who are taking the course and everything i appreciate every every single person who's supported me over over the years i really appreciate you and that's why i'm gonna continue to give tons of free stuff on my site on on um on youtube and also i'm going to start doing some stuff on tiktok apparently tiktok's not all dancing so uh <laughs> i'm going to start putting some like short concise videos on there on how to do things um so if you want to catch me on there it's combo courses uh at combo courses and i'm also on uh instagram go check me out there check it out and i've got a couple people commenting one main says no problem thank you so much sir and um let me see okay somebody's thing just got blocked out for some reason bishop you didn't show didn't show up okay i don't know why his comment got retracted anyway thanks a lot guys i appreciate everyone um i will see you guys next week and um let's